This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Unholstered. Hope you're having a good weekend. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am just one of your hosts here on Unholstered, and I represent the local media side. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Gatina, and I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I represent the law enforcement side. That's right. This show is all about uh, the local media teaming up with local law enforcement to share and tell and talk about all of the stories that don't often get told when it comes to law enforcement. And I cannot wait to hear (laughs) today's story, Sophia. For folks who don't know it, you've actually been out of town for a while. I in have. Montana, yes. doing some really special training. But can I just say, first of all, welcome back, because I know that you drove the 22 hours back into town and then went right from getting back from Montana down to Parkview Field for a really big fill the field event. I'm assuming that went well also? It went very well. And you I was the really, keynote speaker. I was the keynote speaker, yeah, and got a lot of positive feedback on that, you know, and it was, it was really hard to get up there and tell my story from a mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. If you are listening right now and you've never heard Sophia's story, I would encourage you to go back to our podcast and search for the Unholstered podcast and find Sophia's story. Um, Sophia is a remarkable, incredible human, and I know you shared your story a little bit there at Fill the Field Thursday night. But I say all that because you drove clear in from Montana after all this like wild, crazy training. I don't even know. I haven't even had a chance to talk to you since you've been back, since you've been so busy. So I'm just dying to hear how it went. It was probably just, I don't even know how to describe it because the setting itself was just remarkable. Well, first of all, tell our listeners what you went for. Okay. So um, we talk about training a lot on the show and, and how some departments get it, some departments don't. And now sometimes it's, you know, it's up to the officer to take it upon themselves to find training and, and go. So a friend of mine had gone through this training from Coast Tactical. And she had posted pictures. I'm like, oh, my God, that looks so much fun. I want to do that. And she's like, well, next time I go, I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay. So she calls me like a month ago, and she's like, hey, I'm going back. This one's in Montana. Are you in? I'm like, how much is it? (laughs) That's always the first question. (laughs) Right. And she tells me, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, I'll have to get back with you. Do a little fundraising first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I need a sponsor. Right. Um, but it was a discounted rate significantly from what they normally charge. And I'm like, this might be the only opportunity I have to kind of have this kind of training. Because what it is is Coast Tactical is a bunch of special operators from military and civilian life that are just highly, highly trained. So you're talking about Navy SEALs. You're talking about spec ops. You're talking about all these kind of uh, different military groups and these guys. They they are the true essence of what I consider to be strong America. And I thought it was just a, a remarkable opportunity for me to go and learn and maybe pick up a few tips here and there. Okay, well, time out. Can yes. anyone just go and do this, or is this exclusive for, you know— Military, police officers, law enforcement. Anyone can go and do this. And honestly, my group was a trainer, a teacher, and a retired nurse. That's amazing. (laughs) It was four women. Um, And then we also met uh, a gentleman out there who was still in our group, but he flew. We drove. Um, He was in construction. He owns a construction company. And then there was another friend that she invited. Um, He was from New York. He 
is into mining, so he does copper mining in okay. like Argentina. So, oh my God! So it was just so a you diverse. You were the group. only member of law enforcement, at least with your yes, group. yes, with my group. And so our group was a special group. So they do individualized. If you if you want individualized training, like you tell them what you want, they'll formulate that training around what you what you want. So the trainer developed what she wanted, and I'm like, you should have told me what everything you had in mind. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> did we you out. feel like you're a little bit more qualified than some of the people you went with? Because that's like if you and I were to go. Let's be honest here. Like you'd be. Far more qualified than I am. Yeah, so three of the people that went never shot a gun before. Wow. Yeah, so you're talking a wide range, you know, and here I have 28 years of experience with yeah. firearms. I'm not, I, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I'm highly trained, sure. And then the construction guy was, he shot weapons, he knew about weapons, he was good. So they kind of took me and him off to the side and we worked with, uh, Scott Jones, who is the owner of Coast Tactical, and he worked with us one-on-one. So we pretty much got almost one-on-one training, and then the other two trainers were down with the other four people. There was only six in our group. So, I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of training with almost one-on-one? Never. Yeah, and from people like that. And the other trainers filtered through with us, too. So I picked up a lot of tips from each one, and they all came with their different skill sets. They all came with their different thoughts, Um, and it was just, it was a remarkable experience, and they were just... They were really cool dudes. Um, they were very humble. They were very funny. Um, they were just a lot of fun. And I think that helped kind of calm fears on that range. Because mm-hmm. if you're smiling, you're laughing, you're probably taking in what they're, what they're putting out. Um, what I don't like is when things are really rigid and people are yelling at you. Mm-hmm. I did get yelled at, though, once. For what? What did you do? <laughs> you tell. That's juicy. No, yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, we're, we're drawing and you know, shooting and um, Scott had his megaphone. We were all in the line shooting and he yelled at me. He was like, Sophia, your grips were... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I can feel in the blank there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ooh. Were, and then were I your grips it. bad? Uh, on, that, on that draw it was and I could tell by where I was shooting. So, you know, as soon as he yelled that, I'm like, ah. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? hysterical. And so, how, I mean, it. do you take your own firearms? How does this work? How did it work? So they provide all firearms if you want. Um, I took my own because I, I just want to be more proficient with what I have. Yeah. Um, but they do carry all Glocks, so that's what they have for you to train with you if you don't Glock, have. Right? I do carry yeah. a Glock. Uh, theirs was, I believe, a Glock 19, and I carry a 17. So it was just a little smaller than what I have. But they have all the firearms there. Now, they did AR training. However, they use a 22 platform on the AR just because ammo is really hard to come by. So, you, But the setup is all the same, just like the AR. Did um, you take an AR? Did you- I did not. Um, I just used what they had because yeah. we put a lot of rounds. I think I probably shot anywhere from 1,800 to 2,000 rounds for wow. my handgun in two days and another pro- easily 2,000 rounds in that. That gets expensive real fast. It would. If that was if that was 223 ammo, it would have mm-hmm. been... That would have covered the whole cost of the training, <laughs> you know. Wow. So, and that was just me. I mean, other people were doing probably not as much as me, but um, I was kind of going through pretty quick uh, on the ammo. So tell, I mean, what did you learn? What stuck out to you? What were the highlights of, you know, maybe something that you didn't already know going into it? Well, I have this, um, when I shoot, I was, I, it's been plaguing me for a bit. Um, I'm a little high and left. And I'm still in center mass, but I, personally, I want to be more towards, you know, the bullseye target. And I, I'm always, my groupings are very tight, but they're they're up and left. And I have not been able to figure that out um, for a couple years. And so when I went there, I'm like, oh, thank God, maybe someone can help me here. Mm-hmm. And when I was shooting, you know, he, he Scott noticed it as well. And, 
And we tried all sorts of different things, changing my grip, changing my stance, you know, all the stuff, and none of it was working. And finally, he's like, okay, shoot here instead. So when I shot at a different area of the target, I was right on bullseye. So I think it might be my glasses, huh. uh, my eyes, Let's how they align. Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I was down there, it was like, okay, that's where I got to aim. But now I've got to teach myself to to shoot at that specific place on the target uh, and readjust my my training that way. That's challenging. I'm a golfer. I've been a golfer for about five, six years now. So I haven't done it. It's not like I'm an expert golfer either here by any means. Yeah. But I can't imagine you going in and I've held the same grip that I've had for about five, six years and I've swung the club the exact same way I've always swung it. And then for someone to come in and say, <laughs> here, change this, tweak that, do that. I mean, you got it's like brand new muscle memory. Yeah. And it takes, you know, it takes a long time to build that muscle memory. Um, luckily for me, it wasn't, I wasn't too far off. Now, I, I, he, and he also helped me, he coached me in trying to be a little more efficient um, in the shooting uh, to come up quicker, be ready quicker. Um, and showed me a couple things I was doing. Like he videotaped me. So it's, it's, I've never had that anyone do that before. So when you're seeing yourself you're like, oh, God, I'm doing that. <laughs> and you don't really realize you're doing yeah. it until someone shows you. And it's it's different when they tell you and when they show you. So then what's the difference? I know that you have firearms training here as a part of uh, the Fort Wayne Police Department, I believe, what, every quarter, right? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, four times a year. So what's the difference or how was this different from what you normally do training wise versus going out there? So I mean, obviously the instructors were very different. Yeah. The instructors are different. It was just more one-on-one. -on -one. When we go into shoot, we don't really get, I mean, sometimes if you go to them and like, Hey, can you help me? They, they will. Um, but you know, we've got 480 people and only a couple of instructors. Right. So that's a lot. So going out there, you can just kind of fine tune some things you're doing. And with, and honestly, when he recorded me and I saw what I was doing, I don't think anyone else has ever told me that. Hmm. I don't think anyone else has ever noticed that, but he did. And so it was just, I think more that one-on-one -on -one approach that really helped me and really got me thinking, okay, I need, this is some things I need to work on. And like I said, each trainer kind of came through and worked with us. So they, each one gave you a little bit more kind of tips and layers to put on your shooting. Did you wear all of your gear? I mean, you normally come in here very seldom do I ever see in civilian clothes. In fact, when you're in civilian clothes, I'm, it always takes me off guard. <laughs> did, did you wear all of your gear so you could be shooting and feeling like you normally would? So I wore my gun belt. I had BDU pants yeah. on like I wear at work. Um, but we just shot in T-shirts. Yeah. Because um, uh, they take pictures for their website, so um, we were all in the same T-shirt. They gave us two T-shirts. Oh, they I gave see. us some, okay. they gave us some swag. Yeah, and cool. it was really nice swag, I will say. Um, Did you shoot at night? Did they make you run around? I mean, uh, so <laughs> so part of what Erin um, had kind of set up, and she was kind of the leader of the group because she's been through a, a SEAL Fit training, which is where they kind of take you, and that's how she met these guys. So they do a SEAL fit where you go out there and you kind of go through the whole rigmarole of being a Navy SEAL without, you know, having to be in the Navy and mm -hmm. that. Right, so they do you on all the training. They, they yell at you. They make you do push-ups, run, all that stuff like they would do um, in normal training. I don't know why people would do that. but I wouldn't even do that. Um, so she knew these guys and she'd been to a couple of trainings that they had before. And so she set up this whole thing where we were on the range. We did... Um, Pistol, AR, um, we, and then we did some land navigation. Um, huh. So we went out. We had lunch at this beautiful uh, stream and creek up in the state park and actually on a private ranch that kind of went into a state park. 
And then after lunch, you're like, okay, grab your gear. Um, here's a quick tutorial on a compass. And here's a map. Find your way out. What? <laughs> so I'm like, uh... I didn't wear the right boots. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my concern, my I wardrobe. I, well, the boots I had were like old work boots, so they had no support. They were fine for the range, but go hiking, you know, three yeah. miles on a trail through streams and rocks, not appropriate. Um, I would have rather had my hiking hiking shoes oh on. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, <clears throat> you guys made it out. We made it out, yeah, um, with a lot of critique um, and a couple nice pictures, uh, but it was just that was really cool. Um, I, I know that it's probably it's not my jam. Uh, it's not something I would probably do again. I'm glad I did it yeah. just for the experience, but not something I would probably do again. I was more like, oh, the shooting part. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the last day, um, we, they kind of did the same thing, but we had a mission at that point, so we had to rescue a hostage and <clears throat> kill the bad guy, and. We had to do it as a group, so we were tactically moving through the forest, walking on paths, and and we got to the house where the uh, victim was, or the, the hostage. Yeah, the hostage. And um, they go in to clear the house, find the hostage, but the bad guy's not in there, so I'm down at the outhouse, and that's the only building left. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I, I've, I've got cover on the outhouse, and then the guy comes around and clears the outhouse while the bad guy was in there, so we got him in the outhouse. Did you lead the group? I did not. You I didn't. was rear security. No, I let other people lead. I'm I'm okay with that. I've done the lead part. I've I'm you know sometimes I've been I, like Sophia mm, <clears throat> up front and you make the call. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people expect that, but you know what? I want other people to have a chance at that leadership position, and and I was fine with rear yeah. security. I mean, I they still you know we still talked about things and how to tactically move and stuff like that, and I was helpful with in that regard. Anything really surprise you or catch you off guard? <laughs> Um, and the training or about myself? <laughs> both. Yeah, both. Well, I think it was just, you know, the realization that you do things you don't know you do. Yeah. Um, and until someone shows you or films you doing it, um, you know, I mean, how long have I been doing that? Yeah. You know, and so I think that part was good for me, um, seeing that. And I was not expecting them to be as nice as they were. Um, I mean, they sat around. We ate. We all ate dinner together. We talked. We sat on cigar. We had cigars and bourbon on the on the back patio. Well, it doesn't get any better and, than that on a Montana, yeah. right? Oh my gosh, the the setting was absolutely breathtaking. Did you have to pinch I, yourself a couple times. The house that we stayed in was like, I mean, total luxury accommodations. They even brought someone to come and cook, so we didn't have to cook. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She cooked everything. We had like appetizers and we had snacks laid out during the day. If we wanted anything, it was available. We just had to ask. Coffee was always available all day long. Um, they kept us hydrated. Uh, and then at night, you know, obviously, once the booze is out, no more shooting, no more guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just really nice to sit down with them and just have conversation. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily anything that was like about what they did. Um, I'm kind of a person where if you want to tell me, I'm yeah. here to listen, but I'm not going to pry because I don't like it when people like, oh, so tell me about that. You know, yeah. that's, you know, if you want to tell me, things. yeah, you know, if you want to tell me your story, I'm glad to hear it. But but a lot of these guys were really cool. Um, so Coach K, um, he he's called Coach K because he's Hawaiian and his last and his name's really hard to pronounce, <laughs> but um, it's Ka Apana. 
as his last name. Even if you get it wrong, I won't know. Sophia. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's going to listen to this, I'm sure. So I want to I want to get it right. He's Ka'apana. So he does all the land navigation for the military and the army side. So he goes and instructs and things like that. So he also oh, has. Yeah. So he has on Disney Plus, he's got a show called Call to the Wild. And he's episode three with him and his dog. And they kind of dropped him for survival for like 30 days. And him and his dog had to forge for he said he ate bugs and tree bark and all this stuff to survive. Oh my! Uh, yeah, so and he's got another show coming out on network TV. I think in January. So they're going to drop him in the South Pacific. He said, um, and he's got to forage and with one tool, <laughs> one tool that he doesn't know yet what it is. Do they just randomly give him this tool? I'm assuming. <clears throat> so there's three, and then but then the network is on the day of they drop him, they're going to tell him what he's going to have. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, it's so I'm kind of excited, and that will be on network TV in January. So this said. is definitely not a normal typical level of training an exposure to no nothing of what i've been yeah that you're used to, to. before yeah um completely different and mark curtis um he um is retired um he said his age and i'm like oh god you don't even look that old <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow that's but he's great so he has a run i think he's runconcepts.com he teaches runners how to run more efficiently he's an iron man huh. he does all sorts of things he has a book about running and if you buy one they give one so oh, cool. if you buy one they give one to a school or something like that and it was interesting though because as you read his website it's like he he he's does video so he they video you running and then he tells you what you're doing wrong to prevent injury all that kind of well, stuff kind of back to that concept with yeah. you and shooting you yeah. don't even know yeah. what you're doing until you see it i would say that with my golf swing i went down to this apex golf lab that we hear yeah. have here in fort wayne and they video you as well and i'm like i'm bent over that much my i know you don't really realize yeah. you're doing that no wonder my back hurts right, right. no wonder i was so sore <laughs> after a round of 18 yeah. but that's so true you, you don't know what you're doing either a until you are videoed or b someone calls you out for it and you need those people who will call you out for it absolutely absolutely kind of right your wrongs do you think it would be impactful for other members of law enforcement to go and have the training or so valuable that uh, to have the training you just had how Uh, i guess i guess a better question might be how will this apply now to so i think it will probably just we talked a lot you know on the downtime we talked a lot about just things that are going on um, around the nation, um, we had some decent conversations about some stuff. So it's just nice to gain perspective because they're from all over. Um, so the West Coast, I think, um, I think Mark actually lives in Costa Rica and he flies up here for the trainings and hmm. he's got family in, in Michigan. He's originally from Michigan, um, Grand Rapids. So it's kind of our neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of nice to just have, see where people are. Um, and, just make those connections in terms of how I would apply. I mean, this is just more on a personal level of being better. Um, I, I never want to stop learning. I never want to stop exploring um, and, and kind of doing things that I don't normally do. Now, will I be able to do this all the time? Probably financially, no. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but um, I thought it was just a good experience. And it's nice to have now a network of people that I can reach out to and and they do um, allow that. You can still reach out to them anytime. I think we're all Facebook friends now. Um, and they're just very um, caring individuals. And Well, it, clearly coming from the line of work that they come from, obviously. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't like I was expecting. I was expecting something a little more rigid, not as laid back as it was, um, unless safety was an issue. And there was a couple times safety was an issue, not for me, <laughs> but from <laughs> some other people. And, you know, they addressed that mm-hmm. um, as best they could. Uh, but 
I think it's just in terms of how I would use this. It, this is more personal for me um, and just trying to be better, better at what I do, better at what my craft. Um, and just, I mean, I didn't know any of these people going. I knew one person. So um, I now know a nurse. I now know a teacher who incidentally was my uh, son's history teacher. Oh, my word. What are the odds of that? <laughs> I know. And I'm like, well, shame on me because I didn't go to back to school night or I probably would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was working and I couldn't go. Um, and then, you know, I met a construction guy. Now I know a guy in New York. So, yeah. um, yes. And now I know three three people that have an awesome company and they're willing to teach people. I didn't even know people. an experience like that existed. Yeah, and they do a lot of corporate retreats. So there was a corporate retreat right before us um, and it's a lot of team building when mm -hmm. those things go out. But but you can, you can make the experience whatever you want. Um, they have people that do all sorts of things. But the land navigation really builds that team concept because you have to rely on each other. Um, you know, you, how long did it, guys, did it take you guys to get back? You said it was about three miles away. It was about three hours because we were trying to read the map, um, and it's all like I don't want to say mountainous. They weren't mountains, but they were they were pretty big. You couldn't whip out your <laughs> cell phone and say, "Hey Siri, such and such a ranch." No, because um, I didn't know the ranch name. <laughs> um, and oh, even, gee, Sophia. Well, you know. I thought we were just going to have lunch. I didn't yeah. know they were going to leave us there <laughs> and crossing streams. In your non-hiking boots. In my non-hiking boots. Yeah, my back was killing me by the end of the day. But it was a good experience, and we, we figured it out yeah. um, between all of us. You know, all of us had our input. Um, and the one lone guy, because the, the second guy missed, his flight was um, canceled, oh, so he didn't make He missed the first day. So there was one guy out of four women, and I'm like... Uh, Bless his heart. He was—he's <laughs> <laughs> the real MVP. From the yes, weekend. he is. Um, but you know, it was good. We all took turns leading that time because that was part of the what the scenario was. We all had to uh, take turns leading point and secondary and rear security, and then in the middle were the navigators. This is kind of off topic, but you mentioned um, the cost of ammo, and I've—I've I've heard a lot of stories about this. This is actually really off topic, but that it's just it's hard to come by right now that a lot of the ammo and gear and whatnot is being sent to Ukraine or has been sent to Ukraine. Is that real? Is that a thing? That is a thing. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too, from people. Now, I think it's starting to come back online now, okay. um, at least up there. And I, this is what surprised me, um, because if you walk into somewhere here in Indiana, it's hard to find two it to is. three ammo. It, they're usually sold out. Um, people usually go and take all of it when they can mm -hmm. find it. But when we went up there, this is a funny little story. So we're drive, we're almost there. And, and Scott's like, Hey, where are you guys? What's your ETA? And, uh, they, uh, the two ladies in the back called me and the teacher Lewis and Clark, cause we had our Atlas out cause we <laughs> in mountainous ranges, you're losing signal. So yeah. we wanted to make sure we we're on, on course. So we were Lewis and Clark and they're like, and we were getting upset cause even in Montana, people drive in the left lane and not passing. So I'm screaming. Oh over. my gosh. Oh my <laughs> and gosh. She's all upset. And I'm, they're like, Lewis and Clark are getting a little bit angry up getting here. Feisty. <laughs> yes. Need to take it out on the range. So he gives us coordinates of where he is. I'm like, can you just give us an address or tell us where you are? Um, so we finally get there. He's like, oh, you're going to love this store. This store is awesome. We get there and we're like, this is like a sportsman's warehouse, rural king crossing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not that special. No, it wasn't that special. But so we get there and they're already shopping. Um, so the guy had gotten a flight in that was still in our group. And he was he bought, he went in and bought two boxes of 223 ammo. And huh. it was readily available and I'm like oh wow that's cool yeah it's <laughs> real tough to come by it's here. hard to find here and I you know I just got an email posting about 
some availability of it, but it's still expensive. Um, compared to what it used to be. Is that, I mean, is that inflation? Is that Ukraine? Is that all the things? I think Will everything altogether. Supply and demand. Yeah. Um, but I, hopefully it comes down again. I, I, I think we won't see that. I think once it's up, it's up. And we're just going to have to get used to that new so price. For, so, for example, when you get your training here as a part of the Fort Wayne Police Department, you are probably limited to rounds, I would assume, right? We were this last time just because we... Um, you know, everybody has to go through the rifle course, so and that can get it very expensive when you're shooting yeah. as much as we normally shoot. Uh, we were limited this time, but we made the trainers were great because they did a bunch of different drills where we didn't have to use a bunch, but we had a lot of muscle memory, a lot of mm-hmm. um, target that was just more applicable to what it may be. And I was glad we had that because when we went out there, that 22 platform I had. And 22 in bulk ammo when you're buying it doesn't always it's not always the greatest. So I had some malfunctions in in the AR platform I was using, which was perfect because it really creates that muscle That's memory of yeah of clearing those misfeeds and just you know working through those as you're walking and shooting. So it's just you know they have you on the back, you're walking as a line. They have arms on you, so no one gets too ahead of anyone. So there's no no one shooting anybody. Um, but as you're walking forward, you know, you, you come up to a, a misfi- misfeed and you have to clear it while mm-hmm. you're still walking, while you're not going too fast, too slow. So you're staying on the line. So it really was helpful to kind of work those through. I don't have a lot when I shoot my regular AR, but creating that muscle memory for when I do. Mm-hmm. So it's just a natural thing that I do is is really what we're looking for and, and what I was able to practice. So would you, at the end of the day, would you go do it again? Let's pretend <clears throat> cost was not a factor. Cost is not a factor. I would go in a heartbeat. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, they have another class that I probably will save to go to. It might take me a little bit, um, unless someone wants to sponsor me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, it was, um, they have a bunch of different courses. And actually, there's a couple, but I'll, I'll settle for the one. You know, and, and they go <clears throat> they go other places, too. So oh. he was just in Fort Wayne. Someone brought him out here to do a private event. So he came, he was just in Fort Wayne probably a month ago. So he did a private event and they created what they wanted, whether it was self-defense or whatever it was, they created that. And then uh, they were very, um, cause he, I think he's from California, like uh, down by San Diego, Orange County, somewhere in there. Well, if you ever go to another one, you gotta let us know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, it might take me a year or two cause even the one I want now, I couldn't even go this year, it's, it's full. Yeah. Um, but it's full because it's very limited numbers. Right. Sophia, we blew through the uh, 27-minute program like we usually do. I still, I, I, I want to go back to something that I said at the start of this episode, and that is because I'm, I'm hearing you talk, and you know, people just getting to know you even more. For folks who've not actually heard your full story, I think this kind of helps bring full circle to who Sophia is <laughs> and who you are as a person. Because um, sometimes I think we look at police officers, we put, look at law enforcement, first responders. Sometimes y'all aren't human. You know, and I'm guilty of doing that myself. And this, to me, just makes you even more human. Talking about cigars and bourbon out on the back (laughs) patio, you know. Uh, I would really encourage people to find the Unholstered podcast and truly listen to your story. And then give this one a listen again. Well worth it. If you've missed any previous episodes, any of them, not just the one about Sophia, (laughs) uh, you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you can download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.